Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash Cinepunks. That is C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Another great way to support us is to check out our sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters at EssexCoffeeRoasters.com. Essex offers specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible quality coffees, offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers. They believe you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. Find them online at XLVACX, where you can also get information about their uh, online fundraiser to buy a building. Um, and uh, they do great work. I just got a brand new Cinepunk shirt in the mail last week, and it's super oh, Me too. Look at that. Yeah, do it up. They, they make quality stuff. Yeah. And if you join us on the Cinepunk, Cinepunk's Discord, which you can just reach out and ask us for a link to, maybe sometimes there are offers for shirts that you might be able to indulge in. <laughs> you might have missed it this time, but you never know. It could happen again. All right. The setup. So in light of our movie today, the question I have chosen for our getting to know you question is, Nick, do you have a group of friends who you could convince to do a seance with you? And would they opt in willingly or would you have to spring it on them in a locked room? I think any group of friends I picked would probably be down for a seance. As a matter of fact, I think I probably know some people who would be way too into the idea <laughs> and perhaps hijack it. Um, I like to think I hang out and surround myself with, you know, fun fascinating individuals who are who are down for adventures um yeah i i have a feeling that it would get real weird real quick in terms of like the people we're asking to try yeah. to contact like i don't <laughs> think it's just gonna be you know your standard like i'd like to talk to my grandma or i'd like to you know talk to this famous historical figure it would be famous historical figures that are wildly inappropriate for most like conversations <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah i i think it would be an absolute blast and mildly terrifying uh if things actually did happen um yeah i know i, I know a lot of people who would be down for seances ouija sessions automatic writing anything mm -hmm. yeah yourself um, yes, very similar. Obviously, we both run with a lot of people who are open to this sort of thing. I do have at least one or two friends that if I did spring this on them in a locked room, they would that would end the friendship that would be over, <laughs> which fair enough, because if you tried to spring it on me, I would probably be pretty bummed out. Even though if we talked about it ahead of time, I would be fine with a seance, maybe not a Ouija board, not at my own house. At somebody else's house, sure. If you want to open a gate to hell in your house or a demon portal in your house, that's your business. I will not be doing it at my house. <laughs> I would definitely say that if it were to 
involve a locked room, my first question would definitely be like, why do we have to lock the door? Yes. Why is the door locked? Where's the key? What if there's a fire? (laughs) Just I, I, I have a feeling like anytime you have to lock something up to do something, then that gives me a, a, it raises my suspicions. It's a red flag for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Tell us, do you, do you have friends who would do a seance with you? Would you want to do a seance with us? We're not offering, but would you, if we did at some point offer a seance? (laughs) Hit us up on socials. if, If you've ever participated in a seance, I would love to hear your stories. Yeah. Heck yeah. It is now time for new nightmares, our roundup of trailers, things new to streaming, coming soon to theaters, so on and so forth. Julie, what do we have first? We are kicking it off with what at least I am most excited about, which is a trailer for season five of What We Do in the Shadows. How does this show continue to be so good? Probably witchcraft. I don't know, but I am excited. The trailer looks great. It looks like our lovable vampires are going to have to maybe get jobs in a mall. Um, The synopsis, if you need it, is Nandor feels his familiar and sometimes friends Guillermo slipping away as he seems to be spending much more time with Laszlo. Nadia, suffering the effects of a previously undiagnosed supernatural hex, reconnects with her family, or at least a family, from the old country, and Colin pursues the path of so many vampire energies before him by running for political energy vampires before him by running for political office and the guide tries to figure out where she fits in as the relative newcomer to this tightly knit group uh this hits fx i think they do one episode at a time starting on july 13th i think that means it'll also be on hulu the next day after each episode and um it looks like guillermo is getting closer and closer to actually becoming a vampire which you know good for him it's all he wants that's what we got at the end of the last season was him just like dropping a ton of money for to the one of the friends from the vampire hunters i love this show it is the rare program where the first season is amazing and then each one has just built on it and gotten better and better and better Mm -hmm. the only downside is it has built such a thing for itself that i have met people who did not know it was a movie first and i'm like Oh, well, you have to see the movie, too. I mean, you don't have to. It's not critical to the plot, but you need to because it's great, too, in different ways. <laughs> it will make you appreciate a couple of jokes a lot more. For sure. Uh, oh, it's just so good. So good. Uh, so this may or may not be good. Um, <laughs> Sony is making a Craven the Hunter movie. Now, Sony is an official, like, this is an official Marvel movie from Sony. And it's going to be rated R. Um, it is okay. So Craven the Hunter is is a villain from the Spider-Man universe who is like a a very high end hunter. Um, he appears um, like in a bunch of stuff. He's always trying to get Spider-Man 
um, because like people keep hiring him to go after it. Uh, did you, uh, so here, here's the synopsis uh, for the movie <laughs> that I am not super excited about. Um, Craven the Hunter is the visceral story about how and why one of Marvel's most iconic villains came to be. Set before his notorious vendetta with Spider-Man, Aaron Taylor Johnson stars as the titular character in the R-rated film, which hits theaters on October 6th. Uh, like all of the Mar like the Spider-Man movies have been so good and Venom leaned into just being weird and then Morbius was terrible. And this <laughs> well, coming looks from someone who bad. knows so little about the comic books at all. I watched this trailer and was like, this looks all right. This looks there was a moment back to back where I said, ew, and then ooh. So, you know, it had some reactions from me. So I don't know. It might maybe it's for those of us who just don't know the lore. Yeah. I want to see a guy be half animal. Yeah. Um uh does look like it's going to be bloody as hell and who knows? Like I bloody like... and filled with abdominal muscles. Yes. Very, very ripply uh mm -hmm. eight packs going on. Um, yes. Although I do love the fact that Russell Crowe has just like is just now the guy they go to. It's like, well, we need somebody to play this like superhero character's dad, or, <laughs> like his uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, he plays uh, Jor El in one of the Superman movies. It's just like, yeah, like okay, that's what Russell Crowe does now. He is now superhero dad. He <laughs> put out, we can't get the nice guys too, but I guess he has time to do this. <laughs> oh, Russell! All right. Next up, we have a trailer for Cobweb. Um, this is by the creator of Marianne. If you got a chance to catch that series, it was a French series. I think that was on Netflix. Yeah, on Netflix. Um, this this will be in theaters July 21st. It stars Lizzie Kaplan, which is exciting because she's been in a lot of cool stuff. And also Anthony Starr, who was in The Boys. And they played some untrustworthy king parents. Um also, this whole um, portion of the show today, I think, is sponsored by spiders. There's a lot of spiders in all these trailers. Uh, the synopsis here is, eight-year-old Peter is plagued by a mysterious constant tap-tap from inside his bedroom wall, a tapping that his parents insist is all in his imagination. As Peter's fear intensifies, he believes that his parents could be hiding a terrible, dangerous secret and questions their trust. And for a child, what could be more frightening than that? Spiders. Spiders. It looks really scary. It really does. Like, also, Anthony Starr, uh, if you're familiar with the boys, he plays Homelander, uh, who is just, man, he is, like, that show has, like, made him, like, it, because that role, he's perfect in that role. And, like, him as a creepy parent. And Lizzie Kaplan does, um alternating between charming and terrifying very well mm -hmm. yeah this trailer like i was just like <clears throat> yeah yeah this trailer definitely gave me the creeps i'm excited for this one july 21st in theaters i might actually have to go see this honestly yeah maybe we'll cover this one or or maybe <clears throat> uh debuting um like currently um at mm -hmm. uh the Chattanooga Film Festival with both with both which both you and I have been watching films for mm -hmm. um is Tearsucker um from uh this is uh, anyhow it is referred to as a dark twisty thrill thriller 
uh, and it will be available starting July 7th, so not too long after this episode comes out. And it tells the dark and surreal story of emotionally vulnerable women who are preyed on by a charming psychopath who wants to suck their tears. There's a whole lot more there, but I feel like um, that first (laughs) sentence is enough to really just... Yeah. Lock you in. Uh, directed by Stephen Vanderpool. Um, man, like this is good. It looks so dark. Like I'm not sure if it's actually officially released virtually yet or not. And maybe it did already. But I was like, I, I'm gonna have to wait for the proper mood to work this one into my Chattanooga watching. I I think I, it will be one that I'll probably review for Modern Horrors. So keep an eye on that to see if that happens. But it looks like. Yeah, it, it it claims that it's going to entertain and provoke a discussion. So you know what that means. Yeah, it like I really, really want to check it out. Like, I mean, all, all, everything I've watched so far for Chattanooga Film Fest ha, has been more. Um, but, oh, no, uh, literally the premiere of that uh, started half an hour before we started recording. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> so it is literally premiering as we speak. So uh, should either of us choose to watch it, we could. Watch it tonight if we wanted. Um, I probably won't. I've been digging into a lot of uh more fun things. Yeah, but it does. It looks it looks legit creepy. Yeah, uh, it's such a it's a. I like the concept. Like it's just the that one sentence is enough to just be like. Eh. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really triggering for trauma survivors. So you know, <laughs> a lot of people might want to ask themselves if they can handle that before going into this one, I think. (laughs) All right. Another one that is playing at Chattanooga Film Festival. I'm not sure if that's its first screening or not, but it is Mind, Body, Spirit, which is kind of a yoga horror in a way. Um, Anya, an aspiring yoga influencer, embarks on a ritual practice left behind by her estranged grandmother. She documents the practice on her YouTube channel for the world to watch allowing her audience intimate access to her journey. But what starts as a spiritual self-help quickly evolves into something much more sinister. As Anya becomes obsessed with the mysterious power of the practice, she unwittingly unleashes an otherworldly entity that begins to take control of her life and her videos. Now Anya must race to unlock the truth before her descent into madness threatens to consume her mind, body, and spirit. By the time she reveals the true nature of the ritual, will it be too late? It, it definitely looks like a COVID film in that it really just has this one person and maybe at times a second person. Uh, I think it's a really interesting premise, though. I like the idea of creepy YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And just like documenting uh, somebody like kind of going down. It, it seems like a... Uh, like a more fleshed out like plot driven kind of version of like we are all going to the world's fair mm-hmm. like that sort of idea like uh i, I got a press release for this before uh, the film fest started and i was like that just sounds like such a good idea like the idea yeah. of yoga and bending yourself into positions just already like like just the poster like is just one of those things where you're just like yeah yeah that that looks perfectly normal and then you flip an image upside down it's like oh now it's now it's terrifying now it's creepy yeah and the idea of like oh i'm just gonna put on this yoga video and have a nice relax and then oh no it's actually terrifying (laughs) 
Yeah, I really, I, I, I'm gonna check that one out. It is, it is definitely on my list. Yeah, that one. Um, for those who might be vert, well, by the time you hear this, you won't. It'll be too late, regardless. But it is only showing in person, unless, like Nick, you got a press screener for that that Chattanooga. But I'm sure it's probably gonna end up somewhere soon. Maybe Screenbox would be my guess, since Bloody Disgusting got the exclusive trailer. <laughs> uh speaking of something you definitely can watch um because it is coming to prime on july 7th um is the amazon original series the horror of dolores roach which is based on a podcast that i was not familiar with um but in this series dolores roach is released from prison after 16 years and returns to a severely gentrified washington heights with 200 dollars in the clothes on her back her boyfriend missing her family long gone dolores reunites with an old stoner buddy luis who gives her room and board and lets her give massages for cash in the basement under his dilapidated storefront empanada loca the only remnant of her former life when the promise of her newfound stability is quickly threatened magic hands dolores is driven to shocking extremes to survive and in the face of unexpected professional success dolores and luis become dangerously symbiotic and luis must unleash his own peculiar predilections uh watching the trailer for this uh justina machado look like looks like she is having the time of her life uh it's also got mark Marin in it um mm -hmm. and june from kim's convenience and i and cindy lopper and cindy lopper uh yeah i'm very very uh excited to watch this because it looks like it's by turns funny and weird and also terrifying and bloody it looks very bloody yeah and i didn't realize this till you were reading this that i hadn't caught that the restaurant was named empanada loca but here in Kansas City, we have a restaurant called Empanada Madness, and now I'm questioning <laughs> the contents of those empanadas. <laughs> They're delicious, though, so I'll go back. I don't care what's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, you know, very Sweeney Todd, but uh, yes. you know, I, I I'm always down for uh something uh, like cannibal adjacent, but not actually cannibally. Fun cannibals, if you will. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, we have a trailer for Natty Knox which stars Robert England, and that's pretty much the extent of why it looks exciting, because the trailer did not do a whole lot for me. Um, it, it is uh, also directed by Dwight Little, who was the director of Halloween 4. That might knock some of you out right away. For me, that's still fine. I'm still on board. Uh, the synopsis is super brief. Small town babysitter and the kid she is looking after struggle to survive a serial killer named Abner Honeywell. Just a classic serial killer name right there. Um, yeah, the the trailer just a lot of knocking. There's a lot of stabbing. I I don't I don't know. It's got Robert England, Bill Mosley, Danielle Harris. Um, it says it will release day and date on July 21st. And I'll be honest, I don't know what day and date means. Does that mean yeah. digitally? What's that mean? Not a clue. Okay. Well, anyway, somehow, some way, someone will be able to see it July 21st. And maybe they won't want to after I told them that the trailer didn't look good to me. But watch it for yourself. It has some creepy looking moments. I think it's just the way that some of it is cut. I just think it's an ineffective trailer, honestly. I think that I would still probably watch it. I just think the trailer was like, it looked like it was cut for an audience in 1999. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, 
Dwight Little has directed some weird shit. Uh, he directed like uh, the the Robert England starring Phantom of the Opera. Um, mm-hmm. He also directed Mark for Death and Rapid Fire. <laughs> uh, and uh, so Murder at 1600. What? Um, and but he also directed an episode of Freddy's Nightmares that is actually pretty good. Um, I don't know. Like, yeah, it looks it. I mean, if it, it comes it, to a service I'm already paying for, I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's also got Bill Mosley and Daniel Harris. So, like, but I always wonder. It's like it has them, but like, how much does it have them? Do right. They show up in like one scene that they were yeah. on set for for like half a day. Yeah. Yeah. Even Robert England in the in the clip, it's just like he's a maybe he's a professor who's given him a bit of information, and that might be the long and short of what we see of him. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing like the also starring folks uh, are probably the actual stars. Um, yeah, well, that was enough to get our attention, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe it'll show up on Tubi and then nobody has to pay for it. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, I will say that I'm very excited for the uh, upcoming Death Clock movie. Uh, I'm just excited that like all of these shows that Adult Swim canceled that had like weird plot threads are getting wrapped up like we get a we get adventure brothers movie and we get uh metalocalypse army of the doom star um uh we get a movie two albums and they're going on tour this summer um that's awesome <laughs> so yeah we get death album four um uh, we get the soundtrack to the army of the doom star and that plot is the all new animated movie begins after the heroic rescue of Toki Wartooth. Um, Death Clock frontman Nathan Explosion finds himself traumatized in a brutal, professional, and romantic flat spin, while all while he is tasked with fulfilling the prophecy and confronting the ultimate songwriting challenge to save the planet. Can Nathan Explosion look beyond his brutally damaged ego to save his band, stop the metalocalypse, and finally face the ultimate evil, Salasia? Um, trailer looks awesome. It looks like exactly the blend of metal and dumb that <laughs> we've we've come to expect from the franchise. But it also looks like it. I love it. Like I loved that show when it would like lean into like the weirdest shit. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, great title, Army of the Doomstar. Yeah, metal as hell. Um. The Venture Brothers movie is called Radiant is the Blood of the Baboon Heart. Um, <laughs> I just feel like they're just like, you, you know, this is the last time we're just going to let them do whatever the hell they want. Yeah, just go for it, guys. Yeah. Uh, also, that new uh, song that they premiered is like it's featured prominently in the trailer. But uh, I do highly recommend uh, checking, checking out the song, uh, which I can't remember the name of it. Aortic Desecration. Great name. Perfect name. <laughs> so metal. and it looks like we'll get that digitally in blu-ray august 22nd yes mark your calendars in blood all right up next i put this on here specifically for the childhood fear factor is a movie called quicksand and that is coming to shutter very shortly on friday july 14th the plot is as you would expect about quicksand an American couple on the brink of divorce travel to Columbia for a work conference. While on a hike through the rainforest, a storm causes them to become trapped in a pit of quicksand. Unable to move, it becomes a struggle for survival. 
as they battle the elements of the jungle and a venomous snake in order to escape. And spiders, there are spiders in this trailer. More <laughs> spiders. <laughs> I mean, it looks, honestly, it looks sci-fi movie level, like sci-fi channel movie level. But, you know, quicksand. We expected more of it in our day-to-day life. Here we get some. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks like, uh, God, what's the... There, the there are so many movies that are like this where it's like one location and people are trapped there's like the the one where they're trapped on the snow lift there's the one where the couple gets left behind after a dive like it's just like oh we can do this for cheap uh yeah. uh but uh you know quicksand like it's just called quicksand i mm-hmm. i'm just like, <laughs> yeah you, yeah you'll you'll get me to see that um I mean, that's all I need. Like it's yeah. like it's such a simple, dumb idea that I'm just like, well, you know what? Yeah, you're you're just you're just serving it to me on a platter. Yeah, I like this statement here from the director that said that the making of was a thrilling and challenging experience, and that although weather conditions were harsh for the actors and crew, we kept enjoying the process. Sure, Jan. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, says the director. Um, yeah. I'd like to hear and, from uh, Carolina Catan. Uh, yeah. But everyone was having a great time being trapped in quicksand. <laughs> like, oh, getting all pruney. Ugh. Yeah. So the least we can do is give them a click and give this a watch when it hits shutter. <laughs> right. Right. Like, let's let's honor their sacrifice. Exactly. Thank you for your service. <laughs> Uh, we don't have a date for this, and it's driving me insane. I know. But it's the new movie from Joe Lynch, based on an H.P. Lovecraft story called The Thing on the Doorstep, starring Barbara Crampton, Heather Graham, Bruce mm-hmm. Davidson, Davison, sorry, Jonah Ray, exec produced by Brian Usna, written by Dennis Paoli. It is called Suitable Flesh. After murdering her young patient, a once-esteemed psychiatrist helplessly watches her life spiral in a nightmarish maelstrom of supernatural hysteria and gruesome deaths, all linked to a seemingly unstoppable ancient curse. It is also Joe Lynch's, like, love letter to Stuart Gordon. He obviously was at Panic Fest because he is a permanent guest list guy there and. Well, he, well, we didn't uh, get to see the movie. Um, he did talk a bit about it and promises that it will be as sleazy as we hope it will be. And that he is definitely not one of those prudes taking the sex out of the movies. Listen, I just want it. I want it to be a Lovecraft movie like Reanimator and From Beyond. I want it to mm-hmm. be like something where I'm watching it and... Definitely making sure that I have like the curtains closed so that people walking by on the sidewalk don't yes. like, call the police. Yes, this will be one. Sometimes in the spring and fall, I like to have doors and windows open, but I live across from an elementary school. And sometimes I'm like, maybe we shut the doors and windows for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm very excited for this. Um, It's coming to theaters and VOD. It's from RLJE Films, Um, who I love the fact that at one point they were they put out terrible movies like just really bad dreck mm-hmm. and but now it's just like i hear that they're putting out a movie and i was like oh sweet it's gonna be 
pretty solid and uh, people will be able to randomly buy it at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Also, the trailer notes that it was filmed in Cthulhu scope. I don't know what that means, it. but I'm excited. I Oh, man. <laughs> they just they there is no dialogue in this trailer at all it is just like a score and images and it looks bonkers like mm-hmm. in the best like Stuart gordon hp lovecraft mashup kind of way yeah which means Can't wait. also kind of sticky yeah oh it'll be gooey for sure <laughs> all right all right that's our roundup and we'll be right back with our feature presentation <laughs> God damn, it's good to see you guys. DeFranco, get your ass out here. Uh. Major? Major. (laughs) You're all here tonight. That's very special. It's been six weeks since Susie checked out. Sweetheart, we all miss Susie. Then please, will you humor me? With a seance, the spirits speak directly through us. If there are any spirits here, make yourselves known. What the hell is that? Don't you dare get up. What? We have to end the seance before we break the circle. Look! Force your way into our world with all your might. Come in. I broke the circle. That means the door isn't closed yet. To hell with you then. Oh no. You're not gonna drag us into the dark with you. This madness is over. This war is over. Says who? All right, now it's time for our feature presentation. And today we're going to be talking about Brooklyn 45, directed by Ted Gagan. Best Nick, friend what's it about? Sorry. <laughs> Best friends since childhood, five military veterans gather to support their troubled host and the metaphoric ghosts of their past become all too literal. Dun, dun, dun. There's so much to talk about about this movie. Yeah, it has a lot going on. It really does. Like... Um, what do you want to talk about first? Let's talk about, well, okay. Brooklyn 45. It's set in 1945. That's crucial because it is Christmas time in 1945. Everybody is dressed as such. The music is as such. The set is as such. It's a good place to start. I think. Yeah, it is one of those films that is, you know, will, will evoke all kinds of arguments as to whether or not this counts as a Christmas movie or not. But, um, it is definitely like the, the elements of the season i like the fact that like you can see lights outside and you can see like you know when they're like walking in you can tell the 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 season and they talk about it and all that but like it is not christmasy at all no no there's no i mean unless your christmas includes drinking heavily and arguing with your loved ones in which case yes so <laughs> and you know that is christmas for plenty of people yeah. um <laughs> This follows, I think, in in uh, the lineage of several movies we've covered on this show, um, like Glorious, Revealer, or something in the dirt, that it is uh, essentially like a one-room 
thing it is it is set in mm-hmm. like one setting and everything um the difference i think between this movie and all of those is that like the larger quote unquote cast really helps it feel bigger and also like the detail in this set like they didn't go somewhere like they aside uh, evidently based on what ted gagans said on twitter like aside from like the opening and closing shots like they were actually outside on the street like they shot all they built a set for this and it was all on a sound stage and it's just loaded with i guess easter eggs and things like that like um ted notably uh like a lot of this was done with the help of his father and so there's a lot of like stuff from his family in there yeah it's a really cool looking set and the whole thing has the feel of like a play and it easily could be Mm -hmm. done as a play because of the not changing you know location and all that but but sort of the way the cast is almost choreographed and the way they play off of each other makes it feel like you're watching live theater as opposed to a movie. And I, I think it bears mentioning, I think like anybody who is familiar with Ted Gagan's work, like, like, especially like we are still here and Mohawk, like the, the movies he's directed, um, like they rely much more on like you seeing things happen on screen. Um, they're like very light on dialogue, whereas this is like a very dialogue heavy. Like, this is very much like has like a stage play sort of feeling, mm-hmm. although it does have action. And much like those two other movies, like when it's time to be brutal, it's it gets it like it's unflinchingly so. Yeah, it does not hold back on the gore and on showing you the worst parts. You know, it really it goes it it goes infrequently, but it goes hard when it goes. Yeah, like there are aspects of this film that are very you know modern, um, and you you can see that. But like it's it's almost like in terms of like the dialogue and like the back and forth and everything, like it feels like a movie from that era. Mm-hmm. I, I, like, I wish they had kept that like four three aspect ratio that they have at the beginning and the end yeah um, just to kind of give it that but i understand i understand why not but yeah 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 and it's really the plot itself is is really twofold because you know if, if you've seen the trailer it's like okay well they're doing a seance they're you know they're getting together to do this seance and it's going to be supernatural it is but so it's the you know the horror of the supernatural and the unknown but it's also the horror of trauma and of grief and of your internal struggle with yourself regarding those things and with your friends and you know how they see you and and also about xenophobia and yeah. like recovering from war with another country and how we feel about the people that we were supposed to hate and but they're just people you know as with anything, not every country is made up with people who align with their leadership. So, yeah, uh, people are are you know like you can't take any group of people and like judge them as a monolith. Like you know there are individuals and things like that. Yeah, like trauma. Like also like the narratives we tell ourselves versus like what we tell others is like a very big part of like one of the. I'm not gonna call them they're not subplots because there's only really like there's like a plot and then there is kind of a subplot uh but like for the most part like there because it all takes place in one location and we 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 don't move around like it it is you know like you can't really have like a subplot because like nobody's Mm -hmm. off screen in a different 
spot. <laughs> it's more like a couple people talking step forward and everyone else steps back. And then that happens, you know, that's how the little plots come together is a couple people at a time are stepping forward as they would on a stage because they're trapped in the room. Yeah, it's it's very much like um it, it's it is post World War Two, but like the concepts are very still relevant. Like, you know, like what war does like jingoism versus patriotism, the like mm-hmm. uh, othering. Like there's a lot of like the I think the concept of the other is very, very prominent in this yeah. film. Like what, whatever it may be, whether we're talking about, um, whether we're talking about like Hildegard or like, um, uh, Archie, like yeah, or even Bob, who is the husband of Marla, one of the main characters. They're all main characters, but you know, Bob wasn't in the war, and everyone else was, and they sure don't like that about him. Yeah, and then there's like what Marla did in the war versus like what the you know the soldiers did like mm-hmm. like her her what she was doing, and I think like it's like it it's the concept of like the micro versus the macro like they were soldiers you know doing things at a distance and she was very up close with all of yes. the people she interacted with which strangely makes her more empathetic because she didn't have to view that she viewed them as individuals as opposed to like the enemy capital t capital e yeah 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 and uh, you know as far as it being a small cast like they really couldn't have picked a better slate of people you know you've got ann ramsey jeremy holmes jeremy holm larry fessenden it's just you know, stacked cast, very yeah, talented. Like, you get to see people like do some really amazing, like everybody gets really great dialogue to chew on. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody gets a, like a, a, a like a, it, much like a play, like everyone kind of gets a, a little time to monologue, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Um, I, I also really appreciate the fact that they, they don't do like flashbacks. Like there's no, there's nothing mm-hmm. that takes you out of the here and now. Yeah. Uh, you stay fully in that room. And it is a, 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 essentially a real time film. Yeah. 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 There's no cutaway. There's no two hours later. It's all the time that they're in there. We're in there with them. Yeah. And it's, it's, like, there might be a, a little time that expends it, but for the most part, you're in there. Like we're with them for an hour and a half and a lot of stuff happens in an hour and a half. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was kind of bummed uh, watching this. Like the, the score is like a little too modern. Like I was really hoping for something that was more 40s style orchestral score, but like all the needle drops were so good that I like, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like because Ted tends to do these period pieces and I feel like there's always something he sticks in there that makes me go, no, wait a minute. <laughs> they didn't have that. Indians didn't have denim miniskirts or whatever. There was something in Mohawk that I was like, hold on a second. They they didn't wear that. And I, I don't think anything stood out from We Are Still Here. But yeah, there, it feels like he just throws something in there and he has a reason. I'm sure he has a reason because I know he explained the clothing choices in mohawk and i can't remember exactly what he said now but so i know i know there's nothing that he just didn't think of and just let happen 
but yeah, there's always something that causes me to go, hold on. <laughs> also, um, uh, congratulations on yet another horror movie of taking a song that seems super fun and making it uh, irre- irre- irrevocably creepy in my mind. In this case, Louis Jordan's Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. Um, Gah. <laughs> that's kind of my favorite trend as of late like yeah ruin all the songs for me make them all spooky let's do it <laughs> like let me find like i just want to i just want to see like what people come up with yeah and like on top of all of like the things that we've been talking about like we haven't even actually got to the fact that there are actual like ghosts that pop up in this film that you would think like that's the big thing right that's the hardly it's barely the barely the point of the whole movie it's like the the catalyst that kicks everything else off is the discovery that oh there's a ghost arm there is a ghost out there there is something out there and then that is actually what sets the ball rolling to all the other horrors that are you know more important i think probably to our day-to-day it's like the more relatable horrors i guess yeah like i mean there's so much like here like because there are um like there are twists and turns and things that that happen in this movie like including like touches of cosmic horror <laughs> like, like yeah there's it, a really good ectoplasm usage <laughs> yeah like there's ectoplasm there's like the sense that like they may have at some point because of the interruption of the seance slipped the bounds of time and space mm-hmm. um, yeah it is there is a lot that happens in the like it is a tight 90 minutes like yeah but it's not rushed like you don't have no. a ticking clock going on like you're just you're just swept along by all of this well and i think part of it too is that so they end up in this room the door's locked they can't get out they want to get out so they are rushed so then you're not looking at the time because you're just in it with them like we got to get out of here and that's the point instead of being in a movie being like gotta get out of here this is a long movie so you're not even thinking about the time you know like i've I've watched a couple of things this weekend where I'm like, is this really how long this is supposed to be? And Brooklyn 45 is not one of those. You're you're fully in it with them being like, are they going to have time to get out of this before? I don't know. I don't know what happens if they can't get out of the room. They're not in danger of dying by being trapped in the room imminently, but maybe by eating each other alive. I mean, maybe it's got a little Sartre in it. Oh, yeah. Hell is, hell is other people kind of situation going on there it's like and also for it only being 90 minutes and very dialogue heavy like and uh, in, in, in like 90 minutes in terms of like both the length of the film but also like the the duration of the activities in the film like you're watching it and like these characters change and develop and it's amazing like what happens when you uh, i mean lock a bunch of people in a room and put them under uh pressure yeah yeah i was just gonna say it's a pressure cooker yeah so good um yeah there is uh it i'm trying i'm trying to think um yeah it's it's a movie that i think bears up um like so much rewatching. like there are so many like because there are questions that you're still at the end are and you would think like you get done watching it and then you you're like oh well okay they They've they've answered all the questions and like actually no, 
You never yeah, you still don't totally know who's right on a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah, because I caught this at Panic Fest and definitely had to rewatch it because it's been a while and I had to watch it in a couple of sessions due to my dog hurting himself during my first attempt to rewatch it. He's fine. Um, but I was glad that I was able to get through it a second time um, because it I would have forgotten so much stuff. And it definitely once you can rewatch it, knowing sort of what's going on, it helps you understand it like once you know why there's banging in the closet that kind of changes everything else that's going on there's a lot of things that you see like that aren't explained like there there are some things that just like on a static shot you'll notice like there's a weird thing moving and you don't know what it is and they never explain it so it's just like i i mean i i assume that there's like just a ton of like hidden stuff that you only pops up with multiple viewings which you know love that yeah yeah and you can watch it as many times as you want if you have shutter because it's on there right there on the featured page right at the top yeah it was it was a movie i watched like the day it hit shutter and like that was just like i was so happy <laughs> like it was just it's just it, it is a like a, a, a ted gagan film is just a delight to watch yeah yeah, he's he's doing good stuff, and he also happens to seem like a delightful human being. So good for him across the board. And I mean, like, and Jeremy Holmes seems like a delightful human being as well. He was at Panic Fest with Ted because he was also in Black Mold that was showing at Panic Fest, and boy, has he been a Panic Fest champion ever since, all across the internet, wearing the shirts, commenting on the stuff. He just seems like a delightful guy. <laughs> Yeah, like everyone in this film, it, like it, it's just like just get the best people to do everything. Like Ezra Buzzington, just like as as um Paul, just gets to he gets to range, and so does Anne Ramsey. Like they both get to just like do everything, and I think that's what makes it such a fun movie. Like mm -hmm. I'm not fun. Um, just such like a well-crafted piece of work. Yeah. For sure. So those are our thoughts. We'd love to hear what you think. Yeah. If you've seen it and we hope you have, tell us what you thought. Uh, now I, I see that neither of us had put down movies that we think you should. Once we do. started this segment, I was like, oh shit, I totally forgot to do that part because I have been really busy this weekend and just flat out forgot to think about good recommendations. So my apologies there. Uh, we'll ju we'll just tell you right now. You need to see um like the the two films that uh Ted Gagan uh directed prior to this um 2015's We Are Still Here, which uh like has just a like one of the best Barbara Crampton performances like ever. Like, mm -hmm. she's just stellar. Uh, and also um his 2017 film mohawk uh which also has ezra buzzington in it uh but it also has uh it has um uh kenny tio horn uh who you probably know from letter kenny where she plays hey people um, love that i've never seen that show but i've heard it's good it was so <laughs> funny i watched three seasons of letter kenny before i realized that i had seen her <laughs> oops <laughs> that was literally like me looking up people from that show uh to see what other things they might have done i was like wait we saw her in a movie like three years ago what the <laughs> damn it 
It's everyone was so deep in character and costume. Yeah. <clears throat> One of the rare times that my wife got to be like, I knew that. How did you not know that? <laughs> nice. But yeah, watch both of those. They're, yeah, they're for sure. I don't know what platforms they're on, but they're out there. They're yeah. they're both they're both good and brutal and oh yeah. Let's do everything we can to make Ted make more movies. Yes, please. All of them. Mm-hmm. He also wrote Satanic Panic uh, with Grady Hendrix. So, oh, that one was good too. Um, if you want to, if you want to see him doing something that's uh, kind of fun and silly, go watch yeah. that. We've talked about it before. It's great. Now it's time for I'll be right back. I think I know at least part of the answer, but what do you got going? What do you got coming up, Nick? Chattanooga Film Fest. Yay! Um, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm working my way through movies when I have the time. Uh, I did a road trip to Colorado with my dad last week, and thus my work schedule has been all thrown into things, and so I don't have as much time to just like I don't have a day where I can just watch movies. So I've just been like, well, I've got to work tonight, but I'll watch two movies. Um, Yeah, so I'm doing a lot of that. I've got a book um, I was going to pick up from the library today that's called Gone with the Wolves. Um, It is about like, it's like a heavy metal thriller. Cool. Possibly involves cults. I'm like, cool. I'm down for true cult shit. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Like those are those are my goals. Um, Trying to make sure that. I have a list of things I actually want to do when I go to Crypticon, like make sure that I like plan things out and don't forget. That's good thinking. Don't forget to take merch for the show. So I can hand it out to everybody I see. Yes. Yes. Because that will be happening. That will be happening in between podcast episodes. So. Oh, will it? Oh gosh. I need to decide when slash if I'm going, I'm, I'm sure that I'm going to try to go this year. Just haven't looked at when yet. Yeah, it is. It is in two weeks. Oh, shit. Well, it'll be interesting to see how we record a podcast that week. <laughs> maybe we can do something in person. Oh. Sounds complicated, but maybe. Possibly. No promises. No problem. <laughs> but anyhow, that's my plans. What are you yours? I assume similar. Yes, I also am working my way through the Chattanooga Film Fest offerings. They always manage. I'm always caught wondering how do they choose some of their films? Because... <laughs> it's it's not an entirely horror festival though it's very horror heavy and some of the selections are just they just feel so random in a way that's just so interesting to me and i'm very curious about their process but i always find something that i am like well that's weird where'd that come from so so far so good i'm enjoying that i also as we know i'm not the fastest or most prolific reader but i have gotten back into audiobooks so i have read Grady Hendrix We Sold Our Soul. I got through The Killers of the Flower Moon and now I am reading with my ears brand new cherry flavor because I like that show so much. So I'm I'm reading books. Did did the ending of um uh, We Sold Our Souls uh make you cry? It was very touching, yeah. <laughs> like 
I've tried to explain the end of that book to like three people. And every time I'm just like, I can't talk about it. <laughs> just, you know, music, saving people, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Beautiful. Yeah. So good. So good. So good. Also good. We've got stickers. Uh, we do. Plus um at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you'd like one or dm us on uh instagram or twitter and we'll tell you how you can get them um might even send you a button we've got tons um we've got all kinds of stickers we've got like three kinds of stickers right now so you should definitely hit us up we should also probably tell people more about this on social media um yeah we we could be better at social media but life is Life moves so fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Sticker Mule has awesome deals. Like we are, we're not paid to talk about them. We just like, they do really good work. It's really fast and it's really affordable. Um, and if you sign up for like their mailing list, like you can get deals upon deals upon deals. Um, and on way more than just stickers. I had no idea till I signed up. And then they're like, what about envelopes with your thing on it? What about duct tape, packing tape? Like yeah. you do all that stuff. That's wild. They yeah. do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, check out sticker mule yep, but the buttons are handmade they are <laughs> in a good way not in a crafty way <laughs> they're still like legit buttons that will stay on your bag all right everyone well thanks for listening to the carnage report you can find us on twitter and instagram at report carnage and as said above we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail we would take your thoughts and suggestions on any in any of those avenues or if you just want to chat or tell us about your seances live for that shit do it tell us all of your weird secrets not all of them just not like all the, of them the fun weird <laughs> yeah the fun weird the spooky weird like I'd, I'd, I'd i would even be fine with just like spooky yes uh all the music featured in this episode is by steve spacek my brother who you can find on instagram at starling woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com julie where can they find you on the social media I am Dark Humor Girl everywhere you're looking, mostly Instagram and Twitter, and you will be able to find my Chattanooga Film Fest coverage at modernhorrors.com and other things for me here and there at downrightcreepy.com as well. I and can- Nick, what about you? Sorry, <laughs> we're off. We're off our sink today. <laughs> I haven't eaten dinner yet. I'm a little loopy. Sorry. Same. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at Nuthouse Punks, on Instagram at Nicholas Mouse, and Letterbox at From and Inspired. Uh, you can find my writing at Starburst Magazine. Um, the new issue is out now, and it has my interview with the directors of Wrath of Becky, and it's it turned out really awesome. Uh, as well as me talking about some of my f- favorite TV shows because we ran down the top 100 genre shows of all time and I got to write about Tales from the Crypt. I was very nice. Um, awesome. Also, I'm the music editor at The Pitch in Kansas City and do a bunch of stuff there. Not busy at all. Nope. <laughs> Alright, for our next episode, we're looking at probably just doing a roundup of our time virtually at Chattanooga Film Festival since we're both participating we thought that's probably the best way to let you know if we found anything cool you need to be on the lookout for. There's so much. Like, I have just been genuinely, like, having a blast. Um, I've done it before. Um, mm-hmm. We'll do it again. Like, highly, highly recommended. If you missed out, uh, you, yeah. When yeah, keep it on your our, radar. Yeah, when we do that episode, you're going to be like, what? 
yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee. And even yeah. virtually, it's such an inclusive experience because they, they start up a Discord channel for every year. And then it's got every movie has its own little channel. So you can once you've watched one, you can go talk about it with people who've also seen it. And then there's just like the general chit chat. And yeah, it's it's really cool what they do. They do. They do a lot of fun and they've been. Oh, we'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. You'll <laughs> love it. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.